You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by That Music Teacher Store. From t-shirts to mugs to stickers and more, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com store to get all of your music teacher needs. From a shirt to wear on Casual Friday to a mug to let your coffee go cold on your desk as you teach your kids, you'll find everything you need at That Music Teacher Store. To check out the full collection, head to thatmusicteacher.com store. My first year of teaching, my lessons were not great. I mean, we all kind of get a little bit of a pass our first year of teaching because it is a decent amount of survival. But looking back at my first year of teaching, the lessons were scattered at best and really didn't have a focus moving forward. At the time, I was doing a lot of planning just from one lesson to the next. Like the day before, I had to teach the lesson if I was lucky. And it really wasn't conducive to helping my students grow in the areas that they needed to because it was all kind of a struggle and it was just, I was spending so much time lesson planning, but nothing was really getting accomplished other than making a list of songs and activities. Now, fast forward to today and the way I lesson plan is completely different. Instead of just kind of coming up with stuff to do, I have a curriculum map that I follow that I'm able to, that that allows me to really make sure that the lessons that I'm teaching are going somewhere. They're building towards something. It's not just a bunch of stuff combined together. It's actually sequencing in a way that's going to allow my students to show growth because I put some careful effort into how my sequence works. Today's episode is all about curriculum mapping and how having a curriculum map, even a bare bones one that like I had my second year of teaching, completely changed my perspective as an educator and really helped my lesson plan process be super, super easy. So like I said, my first year of teaching, it was just kind of me figuring it out as I go, right? (laughs) I wasn't really, I didn't really have much sequence to go things going on. It was just, what can I do today? What might my second graders enjoy? What do we? What do I? What did I just see at a conference? Right, nothing was really sequenced in a way, and it was just kind of it was active music making, and it was joyful, but it wasn't really sequential in a way that was allowing it to build towards something. However, the summer after my first year of teaching, I started my code levels and my master's degree, and part of that process was creating concept plans and thinking about curriculum mapping, and it really opened my eyes to the fact that curriculum maps are a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but they are. it's not work for the sake of work. It's work so that you're doing the work now so that when you get to weigh your lesson plan, when you get to later on in the year, you're able to lesson plan and figure out what you're doing in your lessons a lot simpler because you're only figuring out what to do, not why you're doing it, right? You're not coming up with the concepts in the order that's already done for you. So that summer between my first and second year of teaching, I created some really rough curriculum maps. They weren't great. I'm not going to pretend that they're still the curriculum maps that I still use, but they gave me somewhere to start. I started at the end and said, what do I want 
my kids to know at the end of this grade? Or what are the standards telling me that they should know? And then I was able to break that up knowing my, my school schedule. And in that case, you know, being every three days I see the kids and figured out how can I break this up through the year to allow the prerequisite skills for a certain another skill to be taught prior to that certain skill. So making sure that, it, you know, before they were talking about rhythm, they know beat and, you know, thinking it through that way in a way that where it's, you're just sequencing the concepts has really helped me even in the rudimentary rudimentary sense of having a rough outline is when I sat down that second year of teaching to start my curriculum or start my lesson planning, I was able to use the curriculum map as a starting off point. Instead of sitting down and having a plan of going, all right, we're going to make a second grade lesson plan. And that's all I had. Now I'm coming in and I'm saying, all right, we're going to do a second grade lesson plan. And according to my curriculum map, we should start working on dough or we're going to start presenting dough. Now, even if you're not in, even if you're not one of those people that that follow the Kodai method um, at all or fully, Having a curriculum map is super helpful. Even if you're not doing the prepare, present practice that a lot of the us in the um, Coda influence teachers do, being able to know what order your concepts are taught in and having that sequence even just written down so you have it is really helpful so that, again, when you're coming to lesson plan, you're not just making it up. You're coming off of a document that is a living document. Don't get me wrong. My, especially that first year, but even now, my curriculum maps, they get like marked all over throughout the year. And then over the, the summer, I kind of look at it and say, all right, where are there consistent changes? What do I, what can I, what should I adjust? And what was just like, Hey, there is a COVID thing and everything is broken, right? But where do I need to actually adjust my curriculum to make sure that the next year going through, I can still use this curriculum app, right? It's not just a one year thing. It's something that I'm going to use um, in different variations for the rest of my career. There are plenty of wonderful done for you curriculum apps out there on the internet, but I urge you to at least for one grade, right? Even if it's just like kindergarten, because you know, that's or whatever the lowest grade you teach, take a look at your state standards, take a look at the national standards and see what are the concepts that are really being addressed in those standards. Obviously, some of them are going to be more vague than others, but you know, if it says that you're going to use the pentatonic scale, guess what? You're going to need to know do, re, mi, sol, la, right? And being able to break those up into the different chunks that they need to be absorbed by your students, even if you're wrong, even if you have to adjust it halfway through, put something on paper so that you can get going and you can get, you know, there's, there's momentum behind your curriculum. Again, even if you have to adjust it during the year, at least you're starting from somewhere instead of just pulling it, trying to pull out everything from thin air every time you sit down to lesson plan. Even this year when I'm trying something new with my lesson planning where I'm writing out the long form of my lesson plans, including writing out the transitions, which I talked about in a previous episode, I'm still able to make it through a lesson and you know write a lesson in maybe 10 to 15 minutes um, most of the time without any without much major um, confusion or anything like that because I have these resources that I've made for myself you know scoping out my curriculum uh, collecting songs that I have and even if you're starting from a place where you don't have many songs collected if you don't have so much of a curriculum all I urge you to do is just start doing what you're doing now write down the songs you do one thing I did my first year of teaching that really helped my second year of teaching is I wrote down every song we did in each grade so that that way I knew if we sang the song in first grade, it's not going to be new in second grade. Uh, that was really helpful. <laughs> that was really helpful. So just start writing down the things you're doing now and then start to work for it a little bit. Even if you don't curriculum map for the rest of the week or the rest of the, the year because you're like, I don't have time for that. Say, all right, let's look at this month. 
what concepts do I want to get done this month? Or break it up. All right, what about between now and, and, and winter break? What do I want to break down? Break it into smaller digestible chunks to make it work for you in your life situation. I would rather you have something than an entire than nothing if your only options are nothing or a full completed concept map. Because it's not going to help you if you don't if you never do it, if you never give it a shot and see what happens. I mean, I personally have a pretty uh, in-depth concept map, but again, it's been in development for years. My first year, my first concept map was literally January. We're going to do steady beat or whatever the month was like that was, that was it. It had none. It didn't have any songs listed to with it. It didn't have any activities with listed with it. It didn't say when in that month. It was just, this is what's happening this month. Figure it out from there. Now that I've had a little bit more time to explore things, and um, honestly, one of the assignments that we had to do for our coding levels this past year was to create a third grade concept plan, which was a lot more in depth than I've done before. But it's really helpful, and I've already used that concept plan or that and, and that yearly plan so much because it just helps me under it helps me break things down into digestible chunks so that I'm not trying to do all the third grade lesson standards. I'm trying to, all right, in this month, in this week, I have to do this, or I used to do this if the students aren't ready. And that's another point, which is even with the best of curriculum maps, if the students aren't ready, the students aren't ready. You can always go faster or slower depending on your students. Listen to your students listen to how they are um, engaging with the concepts, see how they're they're engaging with you as you teach the concepts, and just be flexible. These concept maps, these part these yearly plans are not meant to be, you know, the end all be all. They are meant to be a guide for you to help you in your planning. If you get off a couple weeks, that's fine. Just know that, hey, this is kind of the sequence. This is just a rough estimate of when I want to teach it and then move on from there. And again, as you go through the years, as you complete more and more years of teaching, adjust it, reiterate that your your yearly plan so that it's kind of this living, breathing document that helps you in your career rather than just becoming a lot of extra work for you to do. If you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.